Welcome to Toast in the Morning, your number one podcast for all things sports and more. Here are your hosts, Evan and Peter. Enjoy. If I have to tell any new sports fan that are, that you know, is getting into sports and they want to follow a team, I'll tell them this one thing. Uh, don't have too much optimism because it will bite you right in the ass. If you know what I'm talking about, don't worry. It'll come it'll come soon. Don't worry. How's it going, guys? Devin, Toast, whatever. Toast in the morning. Solo once again. And we have... We got some stuff to talk about in this episode. We do. We got some NFL news. We're going to talk about uh, the New York Metropolitans. We'll talk a little bit of that uh, a little later uh, after the football discussion. And also... A little bit of advice when you're out, when you're out and about, uh, surrounded with strangers. Well, that that's at the very end. So we'll save, uh, we'll give you that little teaser there. But um, let's just start with football. Let's start with football and the obvious thing as a Miami Dolphins fan, which was the game on Thursday night. And we'll just uh, jump into it. Um, yeah, that game was uh, was a game. I. When when Tua uh, was was on the ground, injured, I just kind of I didn't know what to, I don't know what to say. It was a feeling that I probably I don't think I've ever felt in my life watching sports, and it was scary. It was terrifying. It was awful to watch, and I was. I was worried. I was, you know, hoping obviously he would, uh, you know, nothing serious would happen and nothing, you know, bad. Um, fortunately, he was released from the hospital the night of and flew back with the team, and you know that was obviously a lot, a big re- sigh of relief for a lot of Dolphins fans, and um, it, it was, uh, it was like, all right, good. I'm happy that you know he's, you know, he's okay. He's okay. Obviously, you know, he had a concussion. Now, obviously, concussions aren't okay, but there wasn't anything uh, more added on to it. It wasn't a concussion plus this, this, and that. Um, so, and l- luckily, it looked like the MRIs for Tua since have come clean. Obviously, he won't be playing next week against the Jets as a precaution. Obviously, I wouldn't start him as well. Tabor's is going to get the start. Um but what I want to talk about is the NFL and the problems that they have, and you know we've on the podcast we've talked about them sporadically. You know we had a we were talking about a couple episodes ago, about like a month ago, a month or so ago, we were talking about the NFL and some of their issues, mainly with the you know more like their legal aspects and how they handle uh, outside. Uh, legal issues and stuff like that and we did I feel like we didn't really touch a whole lot about concussions and we should have because the concussion situation in the NFL is a massive issue and you know it's obviously Will Smith made a movie about it a few years ago that got a lot of people talking obviously CTE is a, is a massive issue obviously Former athletes have struggled with CTE. It's a scary, scary disease. It's, it's it's a scary thing that happens. 
when you're playing football. There's always that risk that happens when, when you put on the helmet and put on the shoulder pads and, you know, you're playing against grown men and not even grown men. You're playing as you're playing in high school against people that are trying to prove a point and you're just going, you know, hundred, hundred, uh, hundred miles per hour. You know, it's, it's a scary thing. And the NFL has an issue with this sort of handling and, you know, there's going to be an invest, there's an investigation going on. We'll probably find out some more information, probably find some more answers, probably in a week or two, I would say. Um, I, you know, I saw a tweet that said like these investigations will take a couple of weeks. So ho- you know, hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks time, we'll, we'll, uh, figure out what, um, what happens with that. Um, but the NFL does have an issue here. They have an issue that there was a loophole that was used. There was a loophole in the language of how to assault the field again. And it's something that the NFL has gotten rid of and they've obviously fired the uh, the doctor that cleared Tua and it's obviously you should be happy for change and you should be happy that they are going to make changes the only thing I, I'm a little skeptical about is is it are they actually going to make long term changes or is this going to be a little short term change and then we kind of forget about it and then who knows when another scary injury happens and we're back here again. Like that's the thing that's always scary. And obviously injuries, you cannot predict. You just can't. And it's obviously scary, but I think the NFL really needs to find, you know, not, not even fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fine tune their legal as uh, their protocol, but they also have to make this clear and make this precise. This is a huge, huge thing that uh, that they need to get right because obviously NFL has a huge issue with concussions and CTE. Like they need to figure this out. Uh, uh, it was um, scary. That that was not ideal for sure. It was uh, just the worst thing that could happen. Uh, it really sucked the energy out from a, a game that a lot of Dolphin fans, including myself, were really excited about, you know, potentially going 4-0 and Tua on a you know prime time, you know, once again, trying to prove people, you know, why he's actually a good quarterback. And unfortunately, you know, just that happened. And, uh, yeah. And I, I was just – once uh, – with Teddy Bridgewater coming in, I just I couldn't care less about the game. I don't think I've ever felt that watching a Dolphins game, and maybe ever. I just I was just watching. I was watching a blank screen. I was just like, like I don't care. When, when Teddy Bridgewater threw the interception, I was like, I, I didn't feel anything. When they scored the touchdown to pretty much seal the seal the game, I couldn't care. The only thing I cared about was the health. And the safety of Tua Tungabailoa. And I'm happy that, you know, there is MRIs and x-rays. They say that he's clear, he's good, which is so great. Um, but obviously, he's not going to start. I wouldn't. And I, I would, wouldn't start him for probably a little bit. Because there's no need to rush. There's no, no need to rush. 
regardless of Tay Bridgewater's play, and he shouldn't be rushed. As much as I wasn't encouraged by Tay Bridgewater's play on Thursday, there is no reason to rush to a back, and especially the fact that you paid $6 million, $7 million on a backup like Teddy Bridgewater. Just don't worry. I would tell Tua, take as much time as you can. There's no need to rush. Simple as that. Simple as that. Don't really want to talk about the game as well. Anything else about the game? It's just, it's just the injury happened, and it was just. Even if they won, I wouldn't have talked about it. It was just, whatever. Not whatever. Like, excuse me for any any of my wording. That's, you know, shaky. I'm just. It, it's just, it's terrifying to think about, and just seeing the the image of him on the ground. It, it was honestly scary. It was really scary. And obviously, you know, some people, you know, we think of the worst case scenario of like, oh my God, like what's going like what's happened here? And it, it was really terrifying. But uh, hopefully the NFL f- really fixes this issue of concussion protocols and these injuries and protocol because, you know, we saw some instances that happened. Tyrod Taylor, he got knocked out of the game against Chicago, which is the game, a game I was at. And we'll talk about that game in a little bit uh, where, you know, he had a hit to the head and what happened? Think they, they even step on the field. They didn't step on the field because he was in when t- Daniel Jones got hurt. And we're like, we're not going to play, you know, Tyrod again. Obviously not. Obviously with what's going on, what went on with Tua and, you know, there's no way. And even with, with uh, Brian Hoyer, when he got hit, he didn't play again in, the, in that game against Green Bay. So I, I hope it, this really means change. And, you know, it's not a short-term reaction because it's that's very common in sports and it's very common in the NFL, the short-term changes and reactions. I, I really hope the NFL are doing their homework and, and this investigation is thorough and is proper and we you know we get down to what was this changes and what was all this? How did this happen? How did this go on? So I'm going to end it there. You know, This was a 10-minute conversation and I, I don't want to make any more assumptions and you know make these claims i'm just gonna i'm gonna let you know the more of this uh we, we get more and more information released from people from the investigation and all that we, we get those answers because i don't want to make assumptions i don't want to you know make these bold claims i i don't really want to do it. i want i want to let's figure this i want them to figure this out and then we can go from there but um two i'm thinking about you um Hoping you have a you know safe and full recovery, and I'm not gonna say hope uh, you know have a speedy fast recovery. I hope you have a, a healthy recovery, and you know we'll see you when you know once you get back. So, and um, yeah, take take as much time as you need to. Uh, Dolphin fans, we all we're all rooting for you, man. Um, so let's uh, let's sidetrack and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, the Giants game because I was actually at that game. I might be a closet Giants fan as we were. Taking a massive, massive left turn, uh, trying to lighten up the mood. Um, so yeah, I was at the uh, Giants Chicago game. Um, it was a, it was a good game. It was cold, very cold, but it was a good game. Giants they fall hard. They fought their asses off. Daniel Jones had a pretty decent game. Not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was a fun game. Uh, Chicago doesn't impress me. Still, I'm not. I don't really. Chicago, I'm not high on Chicago. I'm not high on Justin Fields. 
He had a couple impressive throws to Darnell Mooney, but besides that, O-line's not great. You know, it's just Justin Fields, eh, I'm not sure. They don't really have the weapons besides Mooney. Uh, that's a team that just does not excite me. Just doesn't, and we'll have to see about them. But credit to uh, the Giants. They, they're they playing their tails off. They they have a lot of – they're playing hard. They're playing They're playing very, very hard. Regardless of the, of the talent, and you know, I, I um, I made a uh, TikTok and stuff like that. Which, by the way, actually, thank you guys so so much for uh, all the love and support you've uh, guys have given. Uh, you know, the TikToks and, and and Instagram reels, and even on YouTube, we uh, are still uploading those tick those uh, shorts on on YouTube. And our, our Buffalo, our Bills Mafia video has uh, over a thousand views, which is amazing. It's so great. I love the support, guys. So I really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, me and Pete really, really do. It's amazing. I love it. We love it. Excuse me. I, I sound like an ignorant asshole saying I love it. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're a team. Relax. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what I said about the uh, the TikTok and the real. You know, the Giants are. You know, they don't have the personnel yet. They just don't. But they're playing hard. And hey, you're three and one. You cannot complain about that, regardless of you know who they're playing. Yeah, it's not the strongest, you know, teams that you've played, but you're still three and one. You cannot, cannot take that away. So credit to the Giants. Fun game, fun atmosphere. Uh, I might be a closet Giants fan. Who knows? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, fins up obviously. I uh, like what other games? Well. Like, what other games is there to talk about? Oh, well, there's a storyline I'm thinking about. Kenny Pickett's going to be starting. Uh, yo, Pittsburgh, man, like, you know, that's a team that I've, I've criticized for, like, since, like, the early days of the podcast. Like, one of our earlier episodes, it was after, you know, their loss against Cleveland in the playoffs. And I, I kind of went in on, on the Steelers and, and on Mike Tomlin. Tomlin, Tomlin is a great coach. Tomlin is a great, great coach. He's very consistent, and he gets he gets results and he gets wins. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent agree with that. But the amount of times you see the Pittsburgh Steelers play down their competition, and they just can't execute. The offense is lifeless. Besides George Pickens, it's and even the defense is taking a massive massive toll now with tj Watt gone, you don't have the pass rush and besides minka in the secondary you don't have the defensive backs like this isn't a, a great team this is a maybe a meet this is a, a maybe a 500 team at best this is um yeah this is not a great team for sure in, in my opinion uh yeah, it's uh, and and now they're they're playing picket. Like I, I get it, Trubisky wasn't impressive. You know he wasn't great, but man, you're really throwing picket to the wolves. You really are, and it's really going to be interesting. Look, he played okay. You know the, the stat line is the stat line, ten to thirteen. You know, but you know he did and you know, two rushing this, but he also had three picks. So technically he was actually hundred percent. So there's there is that. But besides the point. Yeah, the Steelers are going to be an interesting team to take a look. Uh, take a look on. They're, look, 
Tomlin's not going to get fired and, and all that. But Pittsburgh, they're not the team that they used to be. Especially when the high-end talent come in. So, like, if like look, if T.J. Watt comes back, I wouldn't be shocked if they round off wins and the defense looks good because you have one of the best pass rushers in the game. It's simple as that. High-end talent, you know, it, it solves everything. It flat-out does. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, oh, well, Tampa Bay looked like absolute dog crap. I want to talk a little bit about Brady. Tom Brady. I know you don't want to hear this from me as a Dolphins fan, but just end it. It's done. Like, what else do you have to prove to the NFL? That you still have it, you still got it. You don't need to prove anything. You're 45 years old. You have five, six Super Bowl rings. You have, you know, you have all the wealth in the world. You have a, a supermodel wife. Like, what else do you need? And now there's obviously rumors and speculations and stuff with him and Giselle. It's just, it feels like everything is, it's not helping. And it's also... It's being put on to the organization and putting on to the team, and they're just not playing well. They're just not. They are now a mediocre team. They don't have the weapons. They don't have the O-line. You know, they just don't got it. They don't have it on offense, and I, especially the offensive line. The offensive line is not there. The offensive line is not there at all. Ryan Jensen's out for the year. Ali Marpitz, uh retired. Like, this team is taking a bit of a dip. And also, don't forget, you know, you have Todd Bowles, who is a great coach, great, great coach. And regardless of what issues he had with uh, Bruce Arians, the team's taking a dip. And also, you know, Bowles hasn't had the greatest uh, track record as a head coach. You know, he had the one good year in, in with the Jets in 2015, but that, that was followed by two, three not-so-good seasons. So, yeah, it's it's not ideal. I, in my opinion, I know you, you can't count out Brady, and I'm not. But I do think this is going to be his last year. I I do. I think he's I think he's finally realizing that you know the time's up. It's over. Like I've it's done. He's not getting protected as he used to be. He's he's in his mid 40s for crying out loud. You know he's not going to play till he's 50. He's not. He's the anomaly. He's the anomaly. I, I think Brady calls it out this year, in my opinion. I, I, I do think so. And uh, shout out to the Rams. We'll probably end the uh, the football conversation for this week with uh, the Rams and their, their massive Super Bowl hangover. Holy crap. That offense looks like hot garbage. Matt Stafford looks like hot garbage. That O-line looks like hot garbage garbage. Al Robinson looks like hot garbage. <laughs> like this this offense is not not good. Besides Cooper Cup and like Tyler Higby, this is not a good offense. This just isn't a good offense and even the defense is taking a hit. Jalen Ramsey is not playing well. He whiffed on a he whiffed on that tackle on a Debo Samuel that they took to the house. It is it that that offense is not fun. That offense is not fun to watch. And, yeah, they're feeling that Super Bowl hangover, man. They really, really are. 
it's uh, not not pretty for them. So they gotta figure it out. They gotta get out of a, of that funk for sure. So that was it for really week four. There's not really a whole lot. Oh, I guess Baltimore actually. Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, if you didn't see uh, Marcus Peters uh, practically try to fight uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, that that was uh, that was interesting. Although uh, a lot of Baltimore fans are not happy with Harbaugh whatsoever, and um, yeah, another game that they blew. They blew another game. They blew another game. Not not great. Although uh, that being said, also Josh Allen uh, should win an Oscar for Best Actor because oh my God, he lo- like it's not even acting. He just pointed at the ref like I hope you call a penalty on me. And you're, and I, was it Jermaine Boger? Is that his name? I think he's like him and that crew are like probably like the worst refereeing crew because they were the crew that called. The uh, Bengals uh, Raiders game in the playoffs with that whole controversial call. I think that was that was the crew. I think he was that he was the head official. So, hmm, coincidence? I think not. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll end it there for week four. I went ten and six this week. Thank goodness because last week was an absolute dumpster fire. I went six and ten last week. This week, this past week, I went ten and six. There you go. My my record cumulatively 32-31-1. Beautiful indeed. So we'll head to week five here and uh, go through my predictions. Uh, Thursday night, Indy against Denver. I'm going Denver. They're at home. They're not playing pretty football. And they'll they'll rebound after a not so great win. But Indy, man, oh, God, they look bad. They do not look good. So uh, the Sunday morning game in London, Giants, Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay. This could be an ugly game. Low-key, an ugly game. Yeah, who knows? And especially who knows what the availability is for Jones. And Tyrod probably won't be playing. Out of precaution with the the concussion. So, is it going to be a semi-healthy Daniel Jones? Or is it going to be a Davis Webb? Who knows? So, I'm going Green Bay. Chicago, Minnesota. I'm going Minnesota. They had a big win in London against New Orleans, Tennessee, Washington. I'm going Washington. They'll be back at home. They'll rebound. Uh, they haven't been impressive. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville. I'm going Jacksonville. They've they've played really hard. Um, they probably should have won, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Seattle, New Orleans. Seattle just dropped forty something points on Detroit. What? That's ridiculous. Uh, but I'm going New Orleans. I'm going New Orleans there. Uh, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. I'm going to Tampa Bay. They'll be at home. Atlanta won, but it wasn't it wasn't the greatest game. But um, I'm going to uh, Tampa Bay. They'll rebound. Miami against the Jets at MetLife. I'll probably be at the game, so that's going to be fun. I'm going Miami. I don't care if Teddy Bridgewater is playing. I think he'll get the job done. Might not be the prettiest game, but I do think he'll get the job done. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo. But I do think Pittsburgh can play up to competition because that's what they tend to do. Detroit, New England. I'm going New England. They'll be back at home. Detroit, like, look, they'll play their tails off. But, man, they just cannot finish. Like, they cannot finish these games, and they cannot. Oh, my God. Like, I, I want that team to be good. Like, I really, 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 really do. And I'm really rooting for Dan Campbell. Not because he's just, like, this crazy guy. That's just, you know, obviously, I'll take up take both your kneecaps or whatever. But obviously, you know, his work on with the Dolphins in the past. Uh, 
Chargers, Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland because I, I also I think Herbert isn't fully healthy and the team hasn't been impressive. Uh, San Francisco, Carolina. I'm going San Francisco. Philly, Arizona. I'm going Arizona, so that'll be the last. So Philly is not going to be undefeated. So 72 Dolphins can pop the champagne. Uh, Dallas Rams. I'm going Rams. I think they'll, they'll rebound at home. Cincinnati, Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore. And Vegas, Kansas City on Monday night. I'm going Kansas City. So those are my week five picks. So obviously we'll we'll recap those uh, next week. So I really, that's really all I got to say about the NFL. I know uh, LBJ is visiting the Giants again. That's interesting, but they do need a lot of wide receiver help. But that being said... We'll move on. We'll move on from that, and we'll talk a little about baseball. We'll talk a little bit about baseball, and I think it's pretty obvious to talk about the New York Mets, and we'll talk about them because, man, oh, man, I didn't want to admit it. I was on the – they're not choking. The Braves are playing great ball. You know, they're just not losing all this stuff. Well, they did it. The New York Mets – choked again in Atlanta a series where worst case scenario you win a game you win a game you don't have to get swept but if you just take a game you have the tiebreaker and there you go they couldn't do that they got swept they got embarrassed they had their pants pulled down it was embarrassing and two of those games were on national television Embarrassing, literally embarrassing. That was an embarrassing performance by the Mets, offensively and pitching. You had your top three pitchers, and they had a combined area of what, like a six? They all played like shit. The big guys on offense, the Alonzo's, the Lindors, everyone besides Jeff McNeil and Eduardo Escobar, and even a little bit of Vogelback, but everyone else, you guys played like dog shit. Flat out, James McCann stinks. He fought stinks. Big guys could not do anything. Like, do we miss Starling Marte that much? And I love Starling Marte. He's been amazing. But I don't want to keep relying on these guys. And this also, once again, goes back to the shitty trade deadline that the Mets had. The three guys that they got didn't do it. They had one good week of false hope, and they played like absolute dog shit. The turning point of the season, in my opinion, was like in mid-late August... Especially during that Yankees, that second Yankee series away at Yankee Stadium. I think that was definitely the turning point where they're just like, man, what the hell is going on? And, 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 and you know, they lost two out of three to Washington. And we we're like, oh, man, like, that's not ideal. But they, you know, they got still got an easy schedule. Well, that means baloney. Easy schedule, my ass. Because they got swept by the Cubs at home. Like in some of some embarrassing, embarrassing performances, like games that they look like absolute dog shit, and then you have to call up your rookies. You call up Francisco Alvarez on the last series. Why? You've been hugging these prospects for so so long, and then now with a, less than a month remaining, you're like, now we gotta call up the rookies. What are you doing? This is why our prospects fail. Because you're calling up these prospects at the worst time. Look at the Braves and what they did with Vaughn Grisham and Michael Harris. They called them early on in the year. Like in May, June. 
and they gave them time to settle in. Not in August and September and October. Like, that's the difference. That's the difference here, guys. Between the Mets and the Braves. They always do as the Mets. They always choke. Every time it's the Mets and another team, they always choke. They always don't win. 07, 08, in the 80s, it doesn't matter. It's the same shit, different day. Different owners, same fucking shit. Like, what else do you need? Now what? We gotta, now we gotta send Aaron Judge and Trey Turner to make it work? Like, what else do we have to do? Like, what else? And, like, it really disappoints me with, with Buck because this this game just... The series epitomizes Buck Showalter as a manager. He's a great manager. He's a very, very good manager. But you know what he is? He is Andy Reid pre-2019. He was... Because when Andy Reid was in, was in Philly and his early time in Kansas City... He was in that tier below. He was a tier below, you know, Belichick and all those guys. Even like Sean Payton. Like, he was in that tier below. He was like in that A tier. He was good, but he wasn't good enough. They choked in the playoffs. He couldn't get over the hump. You know, they lost in the Super Bowl. They, he's that. Now, obviously, not Andy Reid's regards like one of the best now. But, you know, that's Buck. That's literally Buck Showalter. He's a good manager. But is he great? That's the big question, guys. That's the big question. And Buck has done amazing stuff. He's done amazing, amazing work. But I don't know what else to say. Only the Mets can make a 98-win season look like an absolute failure. It is impressive for that to happen. It, it really, really is. And I know I was right early in this, um, before the season we made our predictions. And I was talking about the Mets. And I talked about... Yeah, they won't win the division, but they'll make the playoffs to win the they'll make it to the wild card. So technically in that sense, I was right. But recently, but like the season went in a way where the Mets could have won. They could have won the division. And then I, I even said like a month or two ago, I was like, I think the Mets are gonna win still gonna win, are gonna win the division. They're gonna win it. And here we are. And they blew it. Again. How many times? How many times do they have to do this? How many freaking times? It's honestly honestly annoying. It really is. It's frustrating. This series pissed me off. It really did. I could give two shits now. Look. Could they win the, super, the wild card? Yeah. I do think they, they'll win the wild card. But you know what happens next round? You have the first seed LA Dodgers in the NLDS. Just waiting for you. That's going to be fun. And then what happens if you do beat them? You're probably facing against the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man, I love that. That's what I need. Uh, look, if that happens and they win, oh, that'd be amazing. But, man, only the Mets. Only the Mets. They play two out of three against the Padres. Look, that series, they have to sweep. Don't go to game three. They have to win game one, game two, and they're done. Get a little, get like a day or two rest and whatever. 
they just have to. They have to. They just have to beat the uh, the Padres. One game, one game, two. Done. Move on to the next. But now their destiny, their their road to the World Series is slim. It's very slim. Win division. It helps. It helps, man. It's so disappointing. It really is. That was so frustrating. It's the optimism, man. It's the optimism that gets you all the time with this damn team. Every time with the New York Mets, I can't do it. I really just can't with this team. It's so, so frustrating. Holy shit. The biggest series of the of the season, and we've known this for months. We've known this for months. We've circled the date. We circled the date, and they didn't show up. How? How? How did the players not show up, guys? Come on. I know the Braves are a better team, but come on. That's the effort. Pitiful. Just pitiful. You knew, We knew this for months. That was the series, and you shot the bed. Same old Mets, I guess. Same old Mets. <sighs> so let's just wrap up the podcast with uh, the insight that I uh, alluded to earlier. So, um, a little fun. Uh, so I, I went to the movies actually the other day and I, um, for the first time in, uh, in about three years, like before the pandemic, before the pandemic, this was the first time I went to the movie theaters. I saw two movies, uh, highly recommend a smile, which is, you know, the viral marketing and stuff like that. The horror film, which actually was pretty good, uh, has some low expectations, but it was actually a pretty good movie. And also barbarian, which is a horror film that is a movie and it's really, really good. Shout out Zach Kresker director and writer he was in uh vice kids you know love that sketch group rest in peace Trevor Moore excuse me for my voice crack if you heard that but when I saw smile um it just reminded uh, like I was like oh wow I'm so happy to be back in the movies seeing the see on the big screen and then once I was reminded man can people just shut up and the least my least favorite part of the movies is people just not shutting up. It really is. It is annoying. And like these are guys that are around my age, you know, early, no, late, no, 18, 19, to, you know, they're early 20s, 21, 22, like around my age. So it's like, man, that's what people think of us. <laughs> like that's what people think. Just ob- just me being an obnoxious asshole. And me and, you know, me and my friend Dan, you know, he's been on the podcast. We were just, we're just watching. We're trying to watch the, the movie. And these, and these guys are just, like, talk, like, literally having a full-fledged conversation. It's like, yo, like, shut up. And, like, there was a lady that that was sitting in front of them, was sitting in front of them, and literally turned her back and said, like, hey, guys, can you, can you guys be quiet, please? And what happened? They kept talking. They kept talking. And then it, maybe not even five minutes later, the guy next to me is like, yo, can you guys be quiet? And then Dan's like, yeah, guys, shut up. And then, and one of them had the gall to be like, yo, my bad. Like in that, like, you know, obnoxious, arrogant, like, oh, my bad, bro. Like, like, you know, fuck off, man. Like, it really is obnoxious. Like, if you're not going to watch it, why are you even here? If you're having a full-fledged conversation, then why are you even here, man? Like, why? Like, be quiet. Like, come on. So, moral of the story, uh, people suck at the movies. They really, really do. And that's going to be it for uh, this episode. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, 
yeah, always have a lot of fun talking about sports and I guess you guys probably enjoyed the misery that I have talking about the Dolphins and the Mets, mainly the Mets. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, go support you know our TikToks and our Instagram reels and our YouTube with the shorts. Really, really do appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us. I, we really, 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 really appreciate it. Absolutely love it. And until again, until again, <laughs> until then, I'll tell you guys next time. Uh, I don't know how to end this. Uh, optimism is a bitch in sports. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah. 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 Yeah.